Hello and welcome to Why Does This Keep Happening to Me? A podcast about how we keep ourselves stuck and how to become unstuck. Today, I am going to share my story of my awakening. I know I have spoken about this before, but not in detail. And so I wanted to take a few minutes to just explain what that means. And hopefully it can resonate with someone listening today. Usually when people talk about their experience of awakening, it happens when they hit rock bottom. You hear many stories of people that become sober when they hit rock bottom or leave a marriage when they hit rock bottom or change their careers or whatever it may be. And for me, my rock bottom meant that I could finally live authentically and intuitively. And I think that is probably the case for people when they say they have awakened or had a spiritual awakening. So mine, my experience started, I was um, 33 years old. And so this was about, um, let me see, I'm 45 now, do the math. (laughs) Um, And I had come out of my second failed engagement and it was a very dark time. So just to give you a backstory, I had been in grad school completing my doctorate from, um, I guess I had started the, at the age of 22. And I had bartended the entire time through graduate school and, you know, just gone through the different experiences, college um, age people go through, um, you know, just completing my degree and meeting different people traveling. And I lived in Miami for a year. I lived in New York for a year. And um, I also had two really long relationships that had ended in engagement and then a breakup. And so I found myself at 33, uh, having completed my doctorate, and um, thinking that this was going to fulfill me, still seeking, still, uh, you know, staying out late, hanging out with the wrong crowd, drinking way too much, just not finding peace. And what I found is that I kept looking outside of myself for fulfillment. I kept seeking fulfillment, thinking that it was somewhere out there, uh, being depressed, being anxious, having panic attacks, and just, again, continuously looking for the, the magic pill or the magic whatever person situation that would bring me out of this experience. So after this second engagement, which I have talked about before in this podcast, had some, you know, it was violent at times. Um, I said to myself, I'm done. We're done here. And I said, I'm no longer looking to fulfill myself outside of myself. I'm no longer looking to get married, get a job, like do all the things, right? I'm done. And 
I, after spending a few weeks being very depressed in my parents' house, I got up one day and I started searching online. Something that has always drawn me was angels in meditation, but not really knowing much about it. So I just started Googling different places, different things that I could do. And I found this retreat center in Sedona in a place called Angel Valley. And it was a five, six day workshop doing theta healing, which is basically a type of meditation. So I immediately, without any research, just going on my gut, booked this thing, told my family and friends I was going to Sedona for a week and had no idea where I was going or why, but it just felt like it was something I had to do. So I get on a plane, I go, I arrive really late at night um, in, you know, I think Phoenix airport. And then from there you have to take a car into Sedona, which is like, I think another two or three hours. And I arrive in this Valley in the middle of the night, pitch dark and the driver says we're here there's nothing there and a man appears in a golf cart uh, a man that appeared to be your stereotypical um you know hippie uh kind of you know disheveled older gentleman says i'm here to take you to your cabin and we drive through this dark valley to my cabin which I am housed with five other women who are all sleeping as it's in the middle of the night. So I'm stumbling through the darkness in this cabin in the middle of a valley thinking, if I never come out of here, nobody will know because I have no idea where I am. There are no street signs. There are no landmarks. I'm literally in the middle of the desert in a valley. And I don't care because that's where I was emotionally. I just don't care. So the next day, I go to this having no idea what to expect. I've never meditated in my life. I don't know anything about angels. I don't know anything about healing or any of that. All I know is that I'm done. I'm done with life as I knew it. And I have this experience for the next five days of this type of meditation um, that was developed by a lady named Diana Stiebel. And it's about developing your intuition by changing your brain waves through meditation uh, and becoming more, going into a relaxed state. And um, the intention is to explore your health and your well being. And so there was some teaching, but it was a lot of meditating and a lot of silence and a lot of going inward, which I had not done till this point. So I felt all of a sudden that I had slowed down enough to hear and to see and to feel the truth that I had been running from for so long. And so the one night at about 3 a.m., the fire alarm goes off in our cabin. And my roommate and I wake up and now we're in the desert. So, you know, in the middle of the night, it's pretty cold. And we look at each other, like, what should we do? I think it was like four, three or 4 a.m. And we both just said, let's just bundle up and go meditate on the top of this mountain. So 
Sure. Okay. So we bundle up, you know, get our coats on and our warm socks and we start hiking up this mountain that is um, each of these mountains was named out of named after a different archangel. So this was Archangel Michael mountain. So we're hiking up this mountain. We have no idea for what or to, or for what purpose. And until we get to a point after a couple of hours uh, where it seemed to be that we had gotten kind of to a peak and we say, okay, we're here. Let's meditate here. So we have a seat and on the dirt and we both just quietly start to meditate as the sun starts to rise. And what I kept hearing in my meditation is be still and you're going to India, which at that moment I thought was absurd because I had never met anyone. I mean, that I had become friends with or anything like that from India. I had no, no history or interest in India. So we get up, you know, we, it was a very, it was an amazing meditation. I felt connected. I felt quiet. I felt content for the first time in my life, I think since being a child and we proceed to walk down back to our cabin and um, we do our med- we did our whole class that day. And then that evening I go to sleep and I have a dream. And I have a dream that my instructor, this was the final day, I believe the final day of the, the class, that my instructor and I are walking in the valley together. And uh, she kind of has her arm around me and she's telling me, she's just teaching me. She's teaching me about stillness and about intuition and about looking inward. And I wake up from this dream, it was a very pleasant dream, and I go to the cafeteria for breakfast. And as I'm sitting there in the cafeteria, the instructor walks in and she pats me on the shoulder and she says to me, that was a wonderful walk we had last night. And my mouth dropped (laughs) because I just looked at her like, what are you talking about? That was a dream. And she says, I know we met in our dream and we took a walk together and that was a wonderful walk. So that's when I knew as crazy as it sounds that all of this was real, that this is what I was missing. And I was, I had discovered it because I was still and because I was no longer looking or seeking anything or anyone to fulfill me outside. So I started to look inward at that point more and more and to be still. And overnight, I stopped doing a lot of the things that I had been doing until that point, Um, you know, looking for for relationships to fulfill me or um, drinking too much, staying out too late or um, whatever whatever it may be. And I just started to seek more and more, seek um, taking more uh, classes on meditation, on hypnosis, on regression, on intuition, on, you know, anything I could find about looking inward. And I realized that I had been living in a box until that point, keeping myself in a box. In a box, what I mean by that is, that I had been living my life according to what other people expected of me 
and it was not aligning with my values authentically. And I have seen this in most patients and clients that I have treated in the last 15 years in that when people come in and they have an excessive amount of depression or anxiety, I find that they are not living their authentic life. And they are living according to other people's expectations of them. And so this can present itself as people going into a degree that they're expected to go into, you know, like, oh, I'm expected to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, maybe because of my parents. And if I don't do it, then I'm going to make them unhappy. And so therefore, this is that there's no choice. And then it's farthest from the truth, because what I tell people, hopefully I get them early enough where they're not already in their career, um, where they where we explore why it is that they feel obligated to live according to other people's expectations. Because then they become unhappy and then they become depressed or anxious. And then they are quote unquote stuck in this career that does not fulfill them. And then they have oftentimes have families or children and they model that behavior and pass it along to their children. And it continues on and on and gets passed on through our family lineage. So I also see this with marriage where people marry a certain person that they are expected to marry. Um, Sometimes it's arranged marriages, but not most of the time. Most of the time I see this where like, oh, well, I'm expected to marry someone from my particular um, up, you know, background, whether it's religion or ethnic background, and whether or not I love this person or I feel like this person aligns with who I am, it is because it's what is expected of me. And this is just the thing to do. Well, everyone else is getting married, so I might as well do it. Well, everyone else is having children, so I might as well do it. And People, I think, fail oftentimes to to just stop and listen and see if this is what they actually want for themselves and whether it resonates for themselves. And so when I say I was living in a box, I was living according to what others expected me to be. So I've spoken about this before on this podcast, being raised around traditional Um, Greek household where the gender roles are very, um, they're not egalitarian. They are, um, the woman is is expected to be more submissive, less educated than a man. And the man is to be the breadwinner. And if even if a woman works, that she is to be more subservient to her husband. And that being a Greek Orthodox Christian, that you're expected to go to church every Sunday and integrate that into your your family and your life without question and to be pleasant and attractive and agreeable and all of these things. And as I sat there in Sedona and after Sedona realizing that actually there are very few of those qualities that I just described to you that I resonated with. And that felt authentically were who I am. And all of a sudden, you know, going back to that rock bottom place, I realized that 
I no longer had to do any of these things. I no longer had to feel guilty about not marrying a Greek person or not um, being a homemaker or not going to church every Sunday or whatever it may be. And I could speak my mind and I could be a psychologist rather than go into the family business. And I could, um, you know, be more outspoken and have an opinion about something and really be anything that I want to be and or choose not to be something that I don't want to be. And it was as if the veil had lifted and I was free. And so when people come in to see me for therapy, I spend a lot of time exploring what authentically feels right to a person. Because when a person gets to where they are living an authentic life and they're speaking their truth and they're not lying, they achieve freedom. And by lying, I don't mean that they're walking around lying to others. I mean that their life is a lie and that they are not doing what they love or being with whom they love or saying what they love or any of it. They're just doing what they have been told they must do. And they have believed the lie that they have to do these things in order to be happy, but they're not. And so in psychology, we call this authentic self, the self with a capital S. And that when you get to the self, the the core self, The core self is the all-knowing, all-intuitive, authentic, self-healing part of you. It's the observer part of you. It's the part of you that understands that when you're going through something difficult or you're experiencing a difficult emotion, that it's not who you are, that you are observing it, that it's just a part of you. It is what people call spirit. It is all, I believe it's the same thing. In Christianity, when people use the word Holy Spirit, because even in the Bible, it says the kingdom of heaven is within you. And I, I, I think that if they spent more time talking about this in churches, then people would understand that when the kingdom of heaven is within you, that people wouldn't be seeking it outside of themselves. They would be seeking it inside of themselves. It is what Hindus refer to as Shakti, that energy the, the spirit of your core self. And so going back to my meditation on that top of that Archangel Michael mountain in Sedona, hearing the words you are going to India, I returned home from that retreat completely different. I feel like I, my energy was different. My treatment of myself was different. What I allowed into my life was different. I no longer had space for anything or anyone that was inauthentic. And that became very clear that that's a choice and that we are not victims that have to live our lives according to what other people expect of us. It sounds so simple, but but most people don't don't get this until much later or ever really. 
And so I, that week I returned, I started noticing a lot of synchronistic events happening. And for those, for you that, if you don't know the meaning of this, what that synchronicity means, once you start tapping into that, the intuitive part of you and really the connection to all and to to spirit, to the universe, you start experiencing a lot of synchronistic events around you. And I'm sure that many of you have had the experience of thinking of someone and they call you or uh, remembering an event and then just happening to turn on the radio. And that certain thing is, is, you know, like a holiday is being talked about that you just thought of just like synchronistic things, the right people and places and situations coming into your awareness at the right time, seemingly coincidental, but not really coincidental. So I had returned and I had something to send at the post office. I go to the post office and there was a man there and he was a Sikh. He was from India and he was wearing a turban and I, um, I was just chit chatting with him and I said, Oh, are you from India? And he said, yes. And he said, if you ever want to go there, you let me know and you can stay in my house. And now I had never met this man (laughs) before and he was not, you know, trying to hit on me or anything like that. He was an elderly man, very sweet and kind. And I was just like taken aback because I was like, oh, here's this India thing again. So I thanked him. And every time I came in after that, I would always chit chat with him. And then about, I would say about three months later, when I was still feeling the aftermath of this feeling of freedom and overnight, no more depression, no more anxiety, no more sleepless nights, just a lightness and a freedom and a connectedness and all of these synchronistic things happening all around me constantly, like just communicating with me. It was just so interesting. I woke up one morning and I um, went to the gym in my building and um, there was nobody there. It was like my condominium building. And about five minutes later, a, a gentleman walks in and there's only one other machine, a cardio machine next to me. And he walks over and he sits down next to me and uh, we just kind of greet each other and um, start chit-chatting about the election because it was 2008. So all of that was on TV. And we just start talking and talking about where we're from and you know things like that and books and he tells me that his family of origin is from India. So I was like, huh, here we go. Here this is again. I've never interacted with, or that, you know, had any meaningful interaction with anyone from India up until this point in my thirties. And all of a sudden I keep getting this. So make a long story short, he and I become good friends. And um, three months later, we start dating two years after that we got married and now we've been married for 10 years and we have three children. And when I tell you that this person, my husband at that time was so different from anyone I had ever met. 
And I don't mean just culturally, I mean energetically. I mean that there is no way that if I had met him six months before that, that we would have probably even had much of a conversation. Because the other part of awakening and spirituality is realizing that you are mirroring yourself all day long. So people that continuously come into your life and that you have interactions with are a mirror to you. And so if you find yourself in certain relationships over and over again, how I've talked about being stuck, having toxic relationships, that is because those people are mirroring you. And so instead of looking at how to fix those people and to get rid of those people, your goal is to fix those qualities and those people that you don't like in yourself. And when you address those experiences in yourself, those qualities in yourself that you are seeing in others, those others will no longer be in your life. It's as simple as that. So my husband, um, you know, it is, we connected on that level. We connected on the level that we were mirroring each other. And he had done some of his own spiritual work by that point. And by spiritual work, I really just mean looking inward and looking at your stuff and stop blaming other people for your choices. Just like I have, I've talked about boundaries before. That's the definition is stop blaming other people for your choices. Stop being a victim and stop, start looking inside of yourself and how you are mirroring all of your stuff in others. So I felt pulled to do this, um, to talk, tell you all about this story because it's very personal to me. And there is a line for me between before, before this um, life-changing experience in Sedona and after. And since then, all of those um, preconceived expectations that I had put on myself from my environment and my upbringing no longer exist. And the sky is a limit. You can, you know, just this realization that we put limits on ourselves and we allow others to put limits on us, but we are the ones doing it. And I recently had um, an kind of an unpleasant interaction with a relative on Facebook where we were talking about a certain political figure um, that shall be unna- <laughs> remain unnamed. Um, and I had made a comment about that person that I didn't consider to be judgmental, but I just considered to be um, just a statement and observation about her. And this person on Facebook said, uh, and then you know, said indirectly to me, um, people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks. And in that moment, I stopped and I, I sat with that statement because it, it hit me in such a strange way. And I realized that I don't live in a box. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't throw stones, but if I did throw stones, I it wouldn't break the glass box because I don't live in one. And it was, I think, instead of me being angry, I almost chuckled because 
I realized in that moment that my life does not contain boxes and that my, and not just for me, but for others, looking at others and thinking how, and seeing how other people put boxes around them and put themselves into containers and, and they have to categorize who they are and label themselves. And, uh, and, and that's not something it was, it was kind of like foreign to me as I heard it. And then realizing that the person that was saying it to me was projecting. And that's the other thing is when people project onto us their own beliefs, we can either resonate with it and mirror back and engage, or we cannot resonate with it and disengaged. And then it's no longer part of your reality. And that's another piece of advice I give to people is when someone comes at you and you don't want that to be part of your reality, you don't want that to be part of who you are, you can choose to disengage and not make it part of your reality. You don't have to engage people that don't resonate with you. You don't have to engage in experiences that don't align with where you're going and what you want in your life. And when you choose that consciously, then you are moving from your core self. Then you are living authentically and consciously. And so when that woman said to me, people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks, it was just, again, it's like a a smile inside of me because I I thought that's a really great metaphor to, to share, you know, for myself and for others as well, is that we, I don't live in a box and you shouldn't live in a box either. None of us should live in a box because the box that you live in you have created for yourself and the box that you have chosen to live in, you can remove, you can destroy, you can get rid of. So I hope this was helpful for you. I just, I think that every story shared on this podcast, whether it's my personal story or one of my guests, I hope my intention is that, that you even if one of you resonates with it and it's helpful for you in any way, that is my goal. That is the whole purpose of this show. And pass it along to someone that might find this helpful, someone that's struggling to find their way, someone that feels like they're stuck making choices that don't align with themselves, someone that is stuck choosing a, a career path or a relationship they feel obligated to choose because of what somebody told them one day or their whole life. You don't have to do that. You can create your own reality. You can, you can get rid of the boxes. You can live authentically. When you decide to live authentically and from your core self in your truth, you will achieve true freedom So thank you for joining me today. Uh, Please follow me, like, and send us comments at delraypsych.com. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much. I am Dr. B, and this is Why Does This Keep Happening to Me?
Bye-bye.